Yaate, hello. Welcome to Real Native Roots Untold Stories, a podcast by a Native woman with deep roots, hosted by yours truly, Vicky Katsuli Boy Oldman. I am a lover of stories, a connector, and a holder of wisdom keepers. Each month, we will be connecting with our Native relatives and exploring what medicine our guests share and offer to us. Please join me on this uncharted journey to learn, connect, and reflect. Ayahat, thank you. All right. You're up. Okay. Listening to Monique's story was very unique and interesting. I loved how she had talked about growing up off the reservation and then coming to the reservation with her grandma, kind of being raised um, in, in an urban setting. And then how she had described her first trip to the reservation and how <laughs> her grandmother kind of had prepared her for the, the just the differences in, in lifestyle and everything. And it was so interesting and unique to hear a different side of that story. Um, kind of some examples she had given was about heating and, you know, lack of electricity and running water and just kind of doing those additional chores and, and things like that. It was really interesting. And then how she also saw her grandmother in a different light when when her grandmother was kind of more in 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 her element of being at home and being around loved ones where she was always laughing and talking in Navajo and and just kind of a de- seeing that different side of her grandmother it was really um neat on how she had shared that story and then also um how she had talked about her education and wanting to help those uh, kind of find and and heal themselves and helping others like helping others in a sense of healing and 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 her path towards her her current job now and so i really liked a lot of what she had mentioned about guiding in, in a way especially natives who may not be so close to home and and have those needs of having a ceremony and different things like uh different ways of cleansing and meditating and so uh it was it was really good to hear how that they're incorporating that in in her services there at her work um and really kind of allowed me to think and reflect a lot on how things go are and and kind of were when I was you know kind of growing up seeing a lot of different ceremonies and then kind of with grandma Bessie um traveling to those different ceremonies and meeting people and I remember um you know my mom being a nurse and she had talked a lot about how um a lot of the older natives all the older elders didn't want to were not very open to western medicine and a lot of them had traditional ceremonies and so we would go to a few of these ceremonies around in our community 
so-and-so is having a ceremony because they're not feeling well. And so we will go over there. And I remember thinking, why, why can't they just go to the hospital and the clinics and just get like medicine so they feel better? And for a long time, I didn't understand why they were so reluctant to, 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 to be so open to modern medicine and help. And as I got older and older and then kind of went through what I went through with my losing my dad um, and then kind of going back into kind of going into the ceremonies and, and really actually listening to what the songs mean what the prayers mean and and how it's like a chant it is a meditation like these shielding prayers are are a meditation a lot of repetitive phrases and um talking about different deities and so when you're done with that you're you kind of do feel invigorated and kind of you do feel empowered again and so i at that moment I remember thinking, ah, this is why our, our native, our elders are so really how ceremonies do help us in so many more ways than we think and how it, it really does reset the mind and re, rebalances us in, in, in a very holistic, harmonious way. And so... When she was talking about that, I, it kind of allowed me to reflect on that time when myself, in terms of myself and, and using um, a lot of going to the beauty ways ceremonies and listening to those songs and listening to these prayers and, and really learning what they really mean and then applying it to yourself and incorporating it into your own daily prayer and, and things like that. So um, I, that when she had mentioned that, that would definitely really resonate it with me. And, and I love how that that's something she's really trying to keep alive in her practice. And so I thought that was really neat. And it's it's great now you, you kind of see a lot of that incorporation of, you know, Western, not, not, not so much like, um, like, different clinics and and different facility healthcare facilities near the reservation on the reservation really do provide traditional medicine you know there will the, there will be a medicine man who can do a prayer and, and different things like that it, it it definitely is um deeply rooted in, in our culture of really taking care of your mind and and having that very healthy mind and and mindset as well so, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed that. It, it was it was really good to to hear her story as well. Hmm. Thank you so much, sis, for sharing what spoke to you in Monica's conversation. I enjoyed her so much, and I loved how much we giggled <laughs> through the course of our conversation. I I also appreciated how she brought in um, what she was learning in terms of sort of slang, you know, and also just sort of the nuance and how we tease and, you know, acknowledge each other, how she was also learning that. And um, I really appreciated that. The one thing that really also spoke to me when she was talking is 
how the work she's doing found her. And particularly when she had stated that I wanted to understand my parents. Like I wanted to understand what happened. And, you know, and that kind of drove her into the field of like criminal justice. And then her professor or her teacher saying like, if you really care about people, this is not the field to be in. <laughs> and, you know, so somehow or another that led her, you know, she found her way here uh, in this work. So I, I really appreciate that. I thought that was so powerful because, you know, when we think about relationships that we have, we, we want to understand, we want to understand why folks make choices that they do. And in the end, it has nothing to do with us. I really wanted to unpack more about the mind because she, you know, that's a lot of her work and we didn't even get to go that route. And um, I also, I just love how you're weaving in Nellie Bessie into these stories and how you all went to ceremony and how also seeing the the parallel, right? The, the commonalities in, in what Monique is, offering and weaving into this her work right therapy and and really bringing in all the different modalities like the meditation and how you correlated that to when in ceremony when we're singing and it's chanting is this form of of meditation right so thank you for all of that monique was fabulous and um so all right let's see who's next why don't you tee this one up again, too? Okay. So I really enjoyed Dustin's story. And what really stood out to me was how he had mentioned about where he had been around strong women. And I really liked that when I was listening to his story, being the first grandson and then really meshing with strong women and working with strong women, which I feel is also another trait in itself and, and having that skill set. And I, I thought that was really awesome that he really highlighted that. And then when he was talking about his career development and how he was like, yeah, I'm financially stable. I'm financially great. I have all of this, but I don't feel fulfilled. And so I really like that. And I think it really takes a lot to really understand that and acknowledge it and then take that chance and be like, okay, this is what I want to do and I'm going to do it. Like, and, and just that kind of made me think of myself. I'm like, I guess if you know, you know. But uh, again, it's just like, you know, you're, it, it, it was just, to me, it was interesting, and it was just like, wow, what what a way to honor what you've been feeling and to integrate all your past teachings in a way that you want to give back. And so when he shared that, I thought that was really awesome. And, and moving back to help his mom, and so she was making, getting ready to make her journey and just really being in a position of being a voice for those who may not have a voice. Which growing up with my sister, I remember my dad, my mom always saying, you have to do things for your sister. Your sister can't get up and go walk. She can't go to school. 
She can't go on these things. You get to do it. Do it for her. Tell her about it. Be that voice, you know. So I remember thinking everything I can do is a gift. I shouldn't take it lightly. And so him and similar, being that voice for those who don't have that voice was really what resonated with me when he said that in his story. I really enjoyed his story. Yeah, Dustin is like amazing. He's like an amazing storyteller. I love hanging out with him because he always makes me laugh. I'm easily entertained (laughs) for the most part, but I busted out laughing at the beginning when I introduced him and I messed up his name. (laughs) He's like, we're such good friends, Vicky, that um, my last name is, you know, and oh my God, that was so funny. And that's just how he is. He, He will call you out on things, but in a gentle, funny way. He's funny. He is charismatic. Mm-hmm. He's also very grounded and he has high, high regard and respect for women. Mm-hmm. And right. he honors them and he's very gentlemanlike. He could be a big brother and a little brother. I, I really enjoyed him. I also enjoyed when he had said that his mom was determined to make sure he was born on the mm-hmm. rest. Because she really wanted him to know his, you need to know your history. You need to know where you come from. And he does. He really does his research. He learns the oral stories. I just think that's so powerful. If we don't know where our roots are from, we don't know who we are. We don't understand how this came to be. And then it's like you're lost to some degree. And that and it was interesting because in his story too, later on, he, he did say he was a little lost and how ceremony brought him back. It brought him back to himself. I thought that was also really powerful in his dialogue with us. Yeah, definitely. Because he did share a story about his mom. You're always in these airports and everything. And I just feel like you're on a plane somewhere and your soul, you need to call back your spirit. And I'm like, when he mentioned that, I remember, again, Grandma Bessie saying something similar to me when I lived in Mesa for a while. I wasn't coming back to Red Mesa as much. And. So she would call me every so often and she's like, when are you going to come home? When are you going to visit? When are you going to come back? And I was like, well, I'm busy. I can't. Just things are going on. And I remember she's like, you really need to come back. You need to come back and you need to visit and you need to rejuvenate. And I was just like dealing with my own issues and problems. And so I always remember, that's what that reminded me of too. You need to come back. You need to reground. You need to Mm -hmm. do something to come back to this area. Your umbilical cord is over there. You need to come back. And, And then just thinking, okay, grandma, I'll do that. I'll try to. But, you know, we, again, we just kind of don't think of anything at the time when we're talking. And then later on, we're like, I get it. And it's a universal thing that we all kind of tend to lose ourselves and have to call our spirits back. So when he shared that story, I, I smiled. I thought of my grandma in, in that sense. So I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> definitely can relate. Totally. Totally. I'm, I'm so glad you put that, you brought that up because it did. It made me think about Nellie because I had three nicknames that she called me. <laughs> One was the woman from Ohio, because that's where I was born. But she would, the, I think the last thing she had called me was, well, the one is the girl with many questions. And the last nickname <laughs> she would tease me about was, um, 
funny that I'm doing podcasting now, right? <laughs> but the other one, the last one was like the girl who's always in the sky, you know, because I was always flying here, here and there. Mm-hmm. And when he said that, I thought about Nully. I was like, and I feel the same way. And I've I said it in several podcasts before that. I, the, where, where I feel most grounded is when I go home to Red Mesa. Like even if it's just for a day to just take a little walk to the Mesa, there's just something out there that's magical in my humble opinion when we go home. Mm-hmm. Actually, this is a nice transition to Sahar. Sahar, I really enjoyed. I felt like I was talking to my little sister too. The title of that podcast was Coming Full Circle, Embracing Self. Mm-hmm. But there was one part of there when we were talking and because she kept saying that, I kept hearing her talk about coming full circle in different points. What does this mean for you? And I thought it was interesting when she talked about where she came from and then she ended up coming back. Now she's back on the res where she grew up, where she's from, where her, her mother's from. And so I, I'm lifting up the coming the the whole coming full circle because I feel like that happens in a lot of our lives. Like we start at one point and then we maybe don't reconnect with people until many years later. And I love the three challenge she offered all of us. Learn your language, learn your creation story and learn a song. Because she says, when you do those three things, no one can ever take that away from you. And then the other thing I wanted to just mention uh, that I appreciated is how she's lifted her experience in being part Navajo, being part Persian, and how she gets stereotyped. Like she has to prove herself all the time. People are always trying to, what what she said, something like always get one up on her. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because she's very grounded and she knows. And so I'm sure she pretty much surprises people when she's able to respond anything that's Deneh related. She also said she feels the same way with her Persian side. So the struggle of be yourself, but then people challenging you for who you are. And I think we all experience that to some degree in different ways, but mm-hmm. I just wanted to lift that because I feel like sometimes what, you know, why do we, why do we do that to each other? It's uncalled for. That was another thing. And the last thing I'll just say is I love how much she gives back to the community. She does a lot of volunteer work, is doing as much as she can. I, and I feel that the more that we try to do that, it helps us, but it just helps the community. So I wanted to just lift Sahar up in terms of like coming full circle. Yeah, as she was talking and I'm like, hey, she's just from on the other side of the river. That's cool. You know, like it, it for me, it was really good. And then what you had mentioned about learning to pray, learning a song and speaking your language, knowing your clan, those things are who we are and identify us. And so when she said that, and then when she talked about grandma, like it takes me back to a time in Red Mesa where it's community. She mentioned community is a part of your identity. And I I always think of Red Mesa in the mid 90s, early 90s, and, and how much of a community it was. How when someone had a ceremony at so-and-so's house, you see all these people over there. You see everybody helping. You see people talking. You see them sharing stories. And so I, I'm very, I feel I'm very fortunate and blessed. I got to grow up in that time and see a lot of people and go to a lot of places and listen to a lot of different stories of what our elders had talked about. Not understanding it entirely at that time because uh, I wouldn't uh, grasp the concept and, and context of, of the actual 
meaning behind it. When she talked about songs, that's one that um, really stuck with me. So when my dad had passed away when I was in eighth grade, we had um, he had dependency on alcohol and and kind of overtook him in in a sense that he had passed on from that. And so I remember being in junior high and just being embarrassed of it and not really learning how to grieve. So during that time, my mom and I and my Aunt Phyllis, we used to go to Georgia. So we would go to these beauty way ceremonies and they sing at night. They sing all the way till morning time. And I remember hearing some of these songs, like Grandma Bessie would bring me into a ceremony when I was younger, stay awake for the first hour when they sing the house songs, and then I just go to sleep. <laughs> but this time, you know, I'm, I'm in junior high and I stayed up. I remember staying up all night and listening to these songs and it being almost a form of meditation and then learning, what does that song mean? And then every so often, the medicine man that we will follow he was my yaj little day. And so every so often he would say, this is what the song highlights. I remember we went to a Kinnasta and he goes, these are women's song, women deities that were highlighting in their songs, just things like that. I remember we went to someone who was really old, like up there in age. So there was an old age song, all these songs, sheep song, horse song, beautiful stone, yeah. These songs of um, stone treasure themes. And I remember thinking there was one song I always remembered that stood out to me and I love it. And it's the last song that they sing in every, in every, there's different variations, but a common one where it's like, it sums up everything. It mentions all the deities and the corn, the rainbow, the sun. And that's my favorite song. And every time I sing that song, I always get like so happy that I want to cry. And I remember being in one ceremony and we gone so much. I, I learned, I started to know these songs. And so we were in one, we went to one ceremony and there was nothing but men on one side. And man, these men were singing and as it felt like, the roof, we're like lifting the roof. <laughs> the the roof of the Hogan was bouncing with yeah. all these men singing. And my mom, myself, and Phyllis, my auntie Phyllis, we're on the other side and we're women and we're singing so loud. And I always remember that. And I will always remember grandma saying, you know, these are songs. And, and so that's what I think of when I hear songs. Sorry, it's choking mm. me up. <laughs> but beautiful. It, yeah. And so when she said that, I'm like, it's so true. Like, we have to learn these songs. These songs have teaching. There's history in the songs. There's a reason why they're saying in a certain way and, and done a certain way and highlight certain things. So when I listen to that, I always start crying because... It reminds me of a time when we did that all the time as a community and with how things are in the world, it, it seems to be broken a little. And so hearing that and knowing that about song 
It's so true. It's so powerful that we don't realize it. And so when she said that, I was like, yep, I need the old. So these songs are powerful. And so that's what I thought of when she said songs. And I had to stop the podcast and cry like I'm doing now. Just oh. remembering that song is very powerful. You know, it's a way we connect with holy people. And I never understood that until I've gotten older. So so that that really spoke to me. And for her to be, you know, in a younger generation and emphasizing that made me make my heart feel warm because we need to know that. We need to understand that. We have to pass that on. So that was what I thought of when she mentioned the song. Mm. So beautiful. And when you described the, the, the men singing and you all in that space, I actually could feel it. And it's like, I'm going to use the word magic. It's like magical. It's like elevating. You can feel the vibrations of their voices and of just the tone. I've experienced that in different settings, clearly not in the one that you were in, but I know what you're talking about, that feeling. And it's beautiful. And I also appreciate the vulnerability, the cry, because it is so sacred and it is sad and it's scary when we see a lot of us, a lot of people in our communities were not engaged as much, right? And I also have hope that our younger generation is going to immerse. I see a lot of them immersing and taking pride in who they are as Native people, whatever tribe that they represent, coming back to singing, coming back to learning the craft of whatever the craft is in with their particular tribe. That's why we're here. That's why you and me are here is because our ancestors have done that practice for so long. And because of policy and Western um, ways coming in to try to break us, try to eliminate us, try to, they've done it in so many ways. We're still here. We're still here and our word is still spoken and there are still songs remaining. So to embrace the, our language and embrace our songs, it's powerful. Absolutely. Let's take a deep breath here. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So where do you want to go? I, I really like listening about Vanessa's story. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So how she, one thing that really stood out to me when she was talking was a free range kid. Like, uh, I think we, <laughs> that was a little bit of a common thing, a lot of among all the, the speakers, but it was just like a beautiful way of living. I feel we really didn't, we really, again, didn't think too much of uh, as being kids and growing up. It, like we don't, we didn't think we were ever poor. We never mm -hmm. even thought of things like that. Uh, I think in, until you move away. And then you see all these different things. It's amazing how we, we're so rich when we grow up in, in terms of imagination 
and family values and love and just living off the land and embracing it. And so I really liked her story and how she talked about not realizing that until she, you know, she had moved to Albuquerque when her mom wanted to go ahead and begin her educational journey going to school and how she just felt so restricted, like she just can't go outside and play. And then coming back later on to the res and then working at the restaurant and having her curious moment of when she was waiting on the table and then wondering what this white lady's kind of doing and then just really getting intrigued and wanting to go to way out on the East Coast to go to school and really pushing and standing her ground like this is what I want this is what I want to do and then having the support of her stepfather I thought that was really neat because I'm like what a way to just be strong and, and determine on a whole nother level at such a young age to know that I want to go here and do this and then to do it and then to come back and then her discovering how powerful communication is how it can take you to different places and how power is often denoted in a a negative way as, you know, and and rewriting the narrative around it, the language of power and how that comes in different forms. So I I really liked her story in that because it was a, a different view of And like we said, we all grew up on the res, but all of our stories are so different and so unique as to where that journey takes us and look at it from a different lens. Mm, That's all. I I took notes of all of those. (laughs) We must be related. (laughs) I love Vanessa. Vanessa, like... She's another badass. I'm not kidding. She, and this, even the story about her finding out about the school and like, I'm going to go there. She's doing it behind her mom's back calling. (laughs) And then she comes like, I got in, I'm going right. Doing it. She is still that way. She still is that way. Like she is going to, she is going to go where no one has gone yet. She's creating new paths creating new ways of defining how we do this work or defining what that really means. What does it mean for us as Native people? She is still doing that. She is stretching and she's pushing the envelope and pushing back even to current systems that are in place that are not benefiting our people. Mm -hmm. The one thing that I appreciated also about her um, story was like, she was saying like, it's okay if you don't know. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that's a theme through all these stories that we've heard is that people are like, it's okay if you don't know, it's okay to ask help, continue to learn, continue to stretch yourself. And you think about all the stories that you've weaved in about Nully, Nully even saying that you got to keep working, you got to keep learning. How is this affecting you? And I love, like, even Nully had reflective questions because. Vanessa also is like, I want to make sure whatever I'm doing, like it's aligned with my values, right? Mm-hmm. And I also want to know, like, if I'm doing this or if I'm going to make this choice of decision, who's it benefiting? Have I harmed anybody? Is anybody being harmed from that? And you think about if we make choices on a day-to-day basis, does this align with my values? How is this benefiting me? Who's ben- Who's getting benefits from this? And did I hurt anybody, including myself? How would things shift if we followed 
those three pieces and our day-to-day decision and what we eat, <laughs> right? Going right. back to Nephi Craig and what changing habits and behaviors to whatever you're doing in your field, to how you engage with relatives and friends. We ask those three things, how would things shift? And using the mindset of curiosity, because she is one curious woman, mm-hmm. and, you know, wants to know. And so if we have that curiosity mindset, it just opens up the world of possibilities. It really does. And what she said too, power is only good when shared and encourage for others to shine. Mm-hmm. I really like that. And I thought that's so true. It really does take power to allow yourself to step away and let others shine and develop and grow. And when she had talked about, where will my company be? I want to be away from it. She was talking about how she wants others to develop and grow and then it be there. And then how it takes work. And I remember she was like, it takes work. And one thing she did say to, I know I'm going to make mistakes. I know I'm going to mess up. And being okay with that, that you're going to make mistakes and you just learning opportunities and then you just grow and develop from them. I thought was like, yeah, it's so true. Again, like we were talking, I have this view and I can't make mistakes and I have to be perfect. And I'm afraid to take chances because I don't know the outcome. And, and and it's just like, no, it's okay. We all make mistakes. We're, we're human. I, I really like that at, when she mentioned that as well, too. Like, yes, that that's so true. That That is a part of leadership is influencing and building and then allowing them to just allowing yourself to step back and let them shine. I really like that. It, it really resonated with me as well. It was great. Yeah, she's amazing. Again, as I was saying earlier, I'm just so blessed that I have met these amazing people and listeners. You all have met them now through listening uh, to their stories and hopefully you're taking away as much as my sister and I have. So we have the last one, which ironically was the last podcast of 2021. And so I had interviewed another podcast group called Your Auntie's Favorite. These guys are funny. And I would say was the same, but it was also a little different in that if you've ever listened to their podcast, they're real and they're raw. I think that's what I take away from these young gentlemen is how they're really about being real, saying things that may not be necessarily popular or in favor of. And they're also pretty just raw of who they are. They just show up as who they truly are. And in these days, it's hard to show up that way because people have expectations or filters of what they think you should be saying and shouldn't be saying. And these guys throw all that out the window. (laughs) I think in having conversations with them, what I appreciated is how much they opened up, the vulnerability of them sharing their stories and how they arrived to where they're at. And the last thing I'll just say, and then I'd love to hear what you thought about it, is um, they're funny. They always make me laugh. And at the end you hear, I did like fire round of questions. At the end, you can kind of feel their personalities really coming out of how silly they can be, but also how funny and raw. And so I just appreciated them showing up and opening up to our listeners so people know 
the deeper side of them. And I think that's sort of a theme with all the guests. We got to peek in a little bit and they allowed us to hear how they got to where they're at and where they're hoping they're going to go and also sharing sort of their lessons. Yeah, most definitely. I think the first thing that stood out to me was, I think it was Adrian when he was like, our names and our titles do not reflect who we are. Sometimes I think we could get caught up in a world where we're like, well, who are you? What, is, what are your credentials? What is your position? And, and it's true. Traveling, when I did go to a lot of these different conferences and I meet with people, you have to identify yourself as, hey, I'm so-and-so with a degree in XYZ and I have a position of ABC or whatever. And you're instantly kind of already judged and, and placed in a category. And so I, I really liked how he brought that up. He's like, hey, you know, these are things that don't define us. And, and sometimes we have to remind ourselves of that. So I really appreciate it when he said that. And I thought that was really, it was very true. We, we do, it, it, again, it's the ideology that a lot of young natives now have to juggle living in two different worlds. So that was the first thing. And then having uncomfortable conversations and those conversations not being pretty was really, yes. I think, was very true. It's We tend to highlight the good things. We highlight the standing on top of the mountain kind of a thing. Not when two miles in, you sprained your ankle and you were crying. We don't share those things. And it's good that we have these uncomfortable conversations. We say these things. And so I like that they brought that up. And that's a part of a lot of their conversations. They remind me of those group of uncles who are always joking and teasing. <laughs> and then they'll poke fun of you and say things to make you uncomfortable. And then you're like, eh, I'm not like that. Or, you know, just like, <laughs> that's kind of what I thought of it. Just playful banter in a sense of, not taking yourself too seriously, and but still having meaningful conversations in a sense of like, hey, for real though, like consider this and really mm -hmm. reflect on this. So I, I thought that was a, a different spin on it. And that's what that reminded me of. It's just, um, mm -hmm. we all have those uncles that kind of pick on us <laughs> and say things to us and joke about <laughs> things and maybe some inappropriate way and you're like, no, don't, you know, that was what I thought. And it was, <laughs> it was really good. And I like that it, uh, they kind of want to go to these organic conversations, which is really great, not prompted in any way, but just allowing things to just be on the fly and go. So that was really what I liked about it. And then when you had asked them at the end, what takeaways would you want to give to our listeners? And one being like, victim mentality. I think that's so true. We don't realize how often we do it as as Native people sometimes. And so, and that being a limit to ourselves and our development and our growth. So I, I really like that. Again, it's an uncomfortable conversation. It's an uncomfortable statement, but it's so true. It's so true. And, and things that sometimes we have to hear some not so great things in order to allow ourselves to think and be like, okay, yeah, maybe I'm taking myself a little too seriously. I'm just joking around. It's okay. And it, it, again, another Grandma Bessie story. So I used to pick and tease Grandma Bessie a lot. 
And I used to have this boisterous laugh. <laughs> you know, someone has that. And she would always say, you know, you're not supposed to laugh a lot. And then I would just laugh louder, just just for spite. And then she'd be like, oh, here comes, you know. So my she would always call me Celia. Celia, I will tell you. You know, she would always say that. And so as I've gotten older, you know, I kind of lost, I lose that. I feel like I've lost that a little bit and just that playfulness. And I, I like that they brought that back. Like as Native people, we tease, we laugh, we joke. And sometimes we get really deep in these rabbit holes and then we have to come back out with some humor and laugh and laugh at ourselves. And it's always good. So that that was one thing I really felt that they brought was just that funny humor. Laugh at yourself. It's okay to laugh at yourself. It's funny, you know. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. I, I love them. They're a hoot. You have to be on your toes when you're with them is one thing I have to say. <laughs> The one thing, as you were talking, though, it made me think about, I think it was Herschel who had said this, and I really appreciate it because I asked the question, I'm like, what do you guys appreciate about each other? And he said, I had to learn to listen to other people's perspective and not be upset or like trying to get my views across, just sort of hear, okay. That's your opinion. And to be okay with that, because I, I know that him and Adrian are complete opposites and how they yeah. view and see things. So I thought that was really important, you know, to to be, you, you may not be on the same side, but that's okay. You heard, right? You heard what where they stand and why. And so to, to be more open to that, I think that's one of the things that's hard about having hard conversations. One is being real and authentic and honest. That's to be honest and to be willing to listen and to understand and hear. You may not agree, but that's okay. Right. Mm -hmm. so I appreciated him saying that. And I love how, I, so sis, I'll just say you have so much wisdom. I love how you um, use their strengths, which is laughter because laughter is a medicine too. And, mm -hmm. and how you said, yeah, we sometimes get really deep and we don't know how to come back out. And coming out of that hole is through laughter and mm -hmm. laughing at ourselves. And uh, what I've noticed and learned in our Native communities is it's like food, laughter, music, right? And teasing each other. And when you get teased a lot, that's a sign of respect. <laughs> they really like you. They want to see what you can handle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, most definitely. I, I agree with that. Yeah. Teasing has always been so much in our culture, even just with different clanship and different relations with different people. I, I had to kind of teach that to my daughter and she didn't understand. I'm like, so these are your kids. I'm a mom. I was like, yeah, you're a mom now. Oh, man. So then Otis, my cousin, he'll be like, hey, mama, you know, and even Jackson would say, hey, mama. When you, what are you going to buy me for my birthday? What are you going to do? I'm hungry. I want this and that. And she's like, oh, my kids, they're so needy. You know, just, just that playfulness of different relations and how you tease. It's very deep, deeply rooted in a lot of our, our livelihood that sometimes we do forget. And it's always good to reconnect and go home and get teased a little and then be like, oh, okay. <laughs> And just so people know, those especially folks who are not from Navajo Dine, um, descendants, my daughter, she's like, I don't know, maybe she's like nine. And so my brother, our cousin is like maybe 
30 years older than her. And so they, you know, it's a joking way. Like it's also an honor. It's like a respect. And they're te- they're saying mama to her nine-year-old. Well, I'm hungry. What do you get me for? <laughs> so it's just cute. It's funny. And it's also a form of love. So I wanted to, because people may not understand like the, the age difference and why she was like, I'm a mama already. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sis. Ayonishna, I love you so much. Thank you for being here. I really enjoyed revisiting 2021 with all the guests that showed up who, honestly, I just want to just hug them all and say thank you for even devoting time to connect with, with us and to share your wisdom in your life's journey to all our listeners and to us. And some of them are seated. I don't know when they're going to crop up, but that's how I see some of these lessons like, oh, that's good. You know, you seed it and it's going to help us one day, you know, what we're learning from them. Thank you so much for taking time out on this day to be with me, to go down on 2021 and think about all the learnings and what really spoke and resonated with us. And so I'm going to pass the baton to you. If anything that you want to say and offer to our listeners in terms of what this journey meant for you in 2021, the learnings, and what do you hope for yourself, but also for our listeners, some wisdom that you want to drop. Okay. So some learnings that I had for 2021 is for me personally, I kind of highlighted a little bit about it with just my nutrition and fitness goals. And I've really kind of centered me in terms of just taking care of myself, like really take care of yourself. And again, um, just reflecting back on old teachings, you know, our, our grandparents, my grandma used to say, take care of yourself. You only get one body. Go walk. Go be in the sun, all these things. And, you know, I, I've really taken that and kind of really re-reflected and had that a part of my 2021 and really trying to be careful again of becoming overcommitted with my work, really having that work-life balance. It's really easy to just lose sight. And then all of a sudden I'm working eight o'clock at night and my daughter wants to do something and eat with me. and some of those learnings and things from 2021, I really want to work on intentionally into 2022 of just, again, eat, fuel my body, allow my body to rest, to grow, to develop, give myself grace. It's okay, Lydia. Be be a great, continue to be there for my daughter and, and spend time with her. I often think, wow, she's only this age for so long. There's only so much time she wants to still hang out with me and do things. So really embrace that time, those teachings, those conversations, the silliness, the playing, all of that. I I really want to just reconnect with my inner child. So that's one definite thing. And I think moving forward or wisdom going forward is just like, I think we are so hard on ourselves. We have expectations upon ourselves. That, and you see it a lot. So-and-so is at this place in their life and they're this age and they've accomplished X, Y, Z. It's really hard, I think, in, in, especially in a time of social media. We, we tend to lose ourselves 
we lose ourselves on where we should be, what it's supposed to be. Not realizing that we're all on our own path. We're all on our own journey. We all have different beautiful strengths and talents that we have to learn to embrace and really allow ourselves to just, it's okay, you know. Uh, um, you know, I always remember my grandma and, and even my mom. You know, don't, don't be so forceful. Don't be rough. Be gentle. And so, you know, those things, again, just kind of be gentle with yourself. Your journey and your growth is different from everybody else. And in a world, again, like I said, of technology and everything, we share these things, you know, that doesn't, it doesn't define us. It doesn't show who we really are. And so just, again, giving yourself grace. And I, I know you mentioned that often, Vicky, giving yourself grace. And I remember when you first said that, I was like, well, what does that mean? What, do, what does she mean by that? And then as I've kind of done more self-reflecting, I'm like, yeah, like, that's what grandma would say, you know. So definitely. And again, you know, take care of yourselves and everything. And so those are some of the, Words of wisdom, I guess I can offer. And you know, we had the opportunity to talk, so thank you. Those who are listening, for listening and listening to our stories and our sharings and our teachings. It, it was really good to be a part of it. And it, this is a healing in itself. It's a way of growing and healing and a form of meditating when we talk this way. So with that being said, thank you very much, Vicky. I really appreciate you having me on here and talking and sharing stories of old times and laughing. Yeah. Mm, oh, yes. Thank you. Yeah. It's like, I don't want this to end, but I know it will continue in our own form. And so listeners, thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your following. And thank you for sharing. I'm looking forward to 2022. I have some great guests lined up. I am doing one, in fact, tomorrow, <laughs> which I'm really excited about. And I actually caught a big fish too. When I say that, like it's somebody that I never thought I would be able to say yes to this podcast. So yeah, I got a handful of folks lined up. And so I'm looking forward to 2022 with you all. Thank you again so much. I'm really enjoying this love project. I'm just so thankful that, um, I'm just thankful for where I'm at. I'm really thankful for that. So Without further ado, we'll see you all, or at least hear from me. <laughs> You'll hear from me as we go forward. So, all right, sister, thank you so much. I love you. Give my daughter a hug over there and tell her to keep drawing. And I <laughs> encourage you to keep drawing too. <laughs> yes, thank you. Oh, yeah. Right. Love you. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye.